Dreamsofamedia.com presents... When will I learn? The answer to life's problems aren't at the bottom of a bottle. <laughs> They're on Noiseland Arcade. With Craig WK. He's just a little shy because I've tried to kill him so many times. And Sean, the arcade phantom. An underachiever. And yet he seems to be... How should I put this? Proud of it? They're violent and they distract you from your schoolwork. Well, time to hit the books. I'm Craig WK, and with me is my partner. Emphasis on the partner. How you doing there, partner? Uh, we're gonna be talking like this much of the episode. We're gonna be using I, a little twang. <laughs> I sure hope not. Uh, today we're talking about Colonel Homer, which is an episode that we're a little divided oh, on. We're super divided, and I love this episode. I can't wait to tell you why you're wrong. <laughs> I can't wait to point out all of the flaws in the episode that I'm not about. I kind of want to talk with a southern accent for most of this. Please don't. Kind of offend some of our viewers. But... <laughs> I mean, we do that enough, right? Sean, when did this episode first air? March 26, 1992. In this dramatic episode filled with infidelity, Homer and Marge grow distant after a fight, while at the same time, Homer befriends a bar waitress and becomes obsessed with her beautiful voice. So, Sean. Yeah. I actually want to give the news first today. Oh, I have some interesting stuff for you. I'm excited. So, recently we talked about uh, uh, how the USSR has fallen, Russia is now in place, uh, and something kind of uh, uh, unique happened uh, 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 on the same day this episode aired. Astronaut Sergei Krikalev landed in Arkhalik, Kazakhstan after a 10-month space mission. While he was gone... The Soviet Union collapsed and was replaced with the Commonwealth of Independent States. Soviet President Mikhail Gorbachev resigned. The Communist Party was banished after staging a failed coup. And Kirkalev's uh, hometown of Leningrad changed its name back to St. Petersburg. During his time in space, everything radically changed in his homeland. That's kind of cool. Isn't that interesting? I thought that was really neat. Also, he'd be a cosmonaut. Uh... Duh. <laughs> so, Sean, what do you have for us? What was going on around this day? <laughs> okay, I got a break for a second. Speaking of cosmonauts, so anyone who's a Simpsons fan, mm-hmm. Craig and I go to this clip on YouTube all the time. <laughs> but we got to talk about cosmonauts and things. Uh, so, yeah, we'll, just a real quick divergence so it doesn't take too much time. There is a Ren and Stimpy episode. That's what you're going to yeah, bring that's up, what I'm right? At. That, uh, that has Phil Hartman guest starring as the voice of uh, uh, a pig. And they they try to steal fuel from the the American uh, spaceship where the pigs are, and uh, 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 Ren and Stimpy are playing Russian cosmonauts. Uh, and Hartman does his best John Wayne. <laughs> it's so good. As soon as he gets pulled onto the ship, he's like, communist dog? And uh, Ren is like, capitalist pig. And he's like, you'll never take me alive. Remember the Alamo. And he jumps into a furnace and explodes. <laughs> it is perhaps one of the funniest things I have ever seen in my life. And I always lose my shit when I see it. I do too. And just wanted to state, God, I miss you, Phil Hartman. By the way, that is not the only time we'll be talking about Nicktoons in this episode. No, it is not. 
But Sean, go right ahead. And uh, uh, what was going on uh, during uh, around this time uh, this episode aired? So it's about a week or two before this episode. But on March 13th, My Cousin Vinny opened up in theaters. My Cousin Vinny? Yeah, the comedy classic. You've never seen My Cousin Vinny? No, I haven't. I, well, I'm, I'm real be- really bad about movies. I, I am horrendously bad about seeing classic movies and movies I should watch. Joe Pesci basically plays like this kind of gangster-esque cousin that's more of a comedic role. Oh, I've heard about the movie. I've seen, I think, clips online, but I've never seen the full thing. Definitely recommend it. It's like a 90s cult classic. Oh, okay. I'll have to give it a It's got a, a very watch. similar vibe to like the 80s like comedies of like better off dead or okay breakfast club where that's got that kind of humor to it i gotcha no it, it sounds like it's definitely worth watching uh but let's get to this amazing episode that i love oh boy oh boy this episode i have some real issues with it so we'll talk about it though so the um the Simpson family is riding around in a parking lot because they've gone to springfield googleplex googleplex theaters now, uh, Sean, are you aware of what a Googleplex is? No, go on. It is one by ten to the one hundredth power in zeros. It is an absurd amount of zeros. And uh, mathematically, I can't even really wrap my head around it. It's like you know, for like you know, <laughs> using math figures that involve space and stuff like that. Uh, but the reason I wanted to talk a little bit about this is because this is not the only show that has a uh, Googleplex theaters. What else does? Rocco's Modern Life, another Nicktoon, has taken that joke and uh, they had the, uh, I think it's the O-Town Googleplex cinemas. So this is actually in reference to what is happening in the 90s currently with the movie theater scene. Yeah. So in the late 80s, mm-hmm. things like um, Batman 1989 came out. Yeah. And those were sort of like some of the big action-y summer blockbusters. Sure, sure. Movie theaters used to have like one or two screens. And this is where we started getting the Megaplex, which is where they get the Googleplex name. Oh, so like, it, so when Batman was coming out, they only would, theaters would only have a couple of screens? Yeah. We used to have a local theater to us in the Livonia area called the Quovadas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, know if yeah. you remember it. but um, I do, I do. They only had two screens. Really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Movie theaters weren't what they were now, and that's why it's really hard to judge box office numbers. It, oh, is that right? It's it's really hard because you can't just say like inflation is the reason why because certain things would play for months on end because they'd only have one or two showings, which oh. we're actually going to get a really dated reference to in a second when you go up to a theater and buy tickets. You don't do that anymore. Oh, yeah, no. That Theaters is not nowadays, you order online, you get your ticket before you go in. You don't think like, oh, well, that movie's sold out. I'm going to go see this one because this is showing at this time. Oh, yeah, you're right. It was kind of a you go at the time and that's what you see is whatever's available. Interesting. Uh, so, yeah, uh, uh, the, the only other gag in the parking lot itself is Homer uh, uh, going to a compact parking lo- uh, parking spot because he's, you know, can't find any others. And Marge is like, that says it's compact only. And he's like, Marge, that's a suggested, a suggested car size. So have you ever seen a compact-only spot not in a parking structure? Never. Watching this episode, I was thinking about that, and I've only seen them in parking structures. Parking structures, yes. I have I have definitely seen them in a lot of parking structures. In fact, uh, one of my last jobs, I, uh, there was like on the first level, there's like a, a big uh, section that's cordoned off for compacts. but And also like electric cars and stuff. Yeah. Uh, because they have like the, the charge stations or whatever. When my girlfriend was... 
and one of her many hospital stays this year, I um, was parking in the parking structure every single day. And usually there was a spot next to a compact spot that nobody would notice wasn't compact. And I would park in it like every single Yoink. day and get away with it. My trick is to go up a bunch of levels to the point where there's no cars around and then park by the elevator. Because what's it matter? You're getting, yeah, in, the you're getting in an elevator. That's the trick. That's the trick. But nobody tell anyone else because well, I don't want I was them to doing, steal it. I was doing it in winter. And if I went up that high, it would be snow on my car. And I didn't want to clean my car off. That's all right. That's pretty fair. So, uh, Sean, do you have a list of the movies? Uh, I do not. I, I do have that. So uh, the movies that they have when they go up are All Fry Your Face 3, The Smell in Room 19, Space Mutant 6, keep that in mind, that's okay. important, Honey, I Hit a School Bus, Look Who's Oinking, The Stockholm Affair, Ernest versus the Pope. <laughs> that is an Ernest movie I want to see. Weirdly enough, though, when uh, Marge asks the kids what everyone wants to, to watch, Bart yells out, Ernest cuts the cheese. Huh. So either Bart realizes it's going to be a kind of a dumb, hokey movie and he's making fun of it, or there are multiple Ernest movies playing because we only see one section of the movies. They, there's technically should be there's, more. Should be more, yeah. Okay. Uh, so there must be two Ernest movies playing. But in Bart the Lover, which was very recently, uh, we had Ernest. Uh, uh, what was the Ernest movie? Ernest needs a kidney. Ernest needs a kidney. So there are three Ernest movies in such a short amount of time, and that's two Ernest uh, references uh, within a few episodes of each other. Yeah, Jim Varney, you're rocking it right now. He did. He's sadly passed now, but uh, yeah, he was he was pretty big in the early '90s. Uh, but I, uh, we also have Lisa who's honey. I, says, honey, I hit a school bus and Homer wants to see, uh, uh, look who's oinking. And I'm sure these are all references to movies. Like maybe like, look who's talking, uh, honey, I shrunk the kids. Yeah. You're, you you're nailing it. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, we get the voice of the sarcastic guy though, when they go to buy the tickets, let me guess. Look who's oinking. <laughs> sold out and so homer uh you know marge says you know like let's split up you know and so uh homer is going to go to see a more adult movie with her the stockholm affair and uh marge (laughs) and she's like the newspaper said it was like a, a great political thriller and he's like oh political and they walk in. Did you ever go see a movie where you split up with your family and went to see different movies? Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, there was a, a few times my sister and I would go to see the movies, and I would like go see something else that she, you know she would see one of her own movies. The only time I remember doing that is when Spawn came out. My mom and my brother went to go see Air Bud. <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. Instead of your little brother seeing Spawn. And we went to see Spawn. It got out early, went in there, saw my brother crying at the end of Air Bud. <laughs> what a loser. Great times. Wait, does Airbud get put down? No, no, but there's like the, is he going to be my dog? Is he going to go to someone else's dog scene? <laughs> Shout out to Sean's brother. You're a loser. <laughs> and now everyone on the internet knows you cried at the end of Airbud. <laughs> How embarrassing. <laughs> I know, crying at a movie when you're like six? God. What a baby. I. <laughs> uh, so in the Stockholm affair, I uh, this is one of the things that drives me crazy in this movie is or in this movie in this uh, <laughs> uh, episode is Homer is such a douche. Homer is a douche, but that doesn't detract me from loving going to the movies. I love going to the movies. I go almost every single week to the movies. 
uh, you're a big movie guy. I, I am not. And people like this make me wish that they were dead. I can completely space people like this out and not notice them. Things like this make me wish they were dead. So, like, I love going to the movies and going to a crowded theater. I hate being in an empty theater really? so fucking much. Weirdly enough, when uh, I saw Star Wars opening night, it wasn't very busy. Oh, I was in a swamped theater. Ours was very, very light. Like, don't be wrong, there was still plenty of people, but it was not like I, you didn't have a lot of people talking during the movie and stuff, and I loved it. It was wonderful. I really dislike when it's really loud and everyone's like, yeah, let's make this a group experience. And I'm like, no, I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to talk to you outside of this theater. I don't want to talk to you here. Oh, there's nothing more fun than having a group experience in a movie. I hate it. I, I hate love it. it so much. I went to see um, the past two Kevin Smith movies where it was my group that I was with mm-hmm. and one other person in the theater. I'm okay with that. It was terrible. It was terrible. I did not it. enjoy it. I hate that quiet theater it. experience. I want a lot of people. I want to be amongst people. I want to know their reactions to things and see how other people are viewing things and how I view them. I just... I I generally enjoy the movie-going scene and everything about it. I, I weekly follow box office numbers. I'm usually on the numbers, checking them out at least every other day for movies. Sean, hear me out for just a moment. Wouldn't it be nice... If everybody would just die. <laughs> so, uh, in the movie, though, they're talking about like Greco-Bolivian alliances, which not a real thing. That's not like a real alliance or anything. And the president's like, get me Jed Colic. Don't know who that is. Homer slurps on his drink. Ice falls into his mouth. He spits it on the floor. He complains the movie's too complicated, that the floor is sticky. He asks questions about the plot, like who people are. He complains about the fake effects. He Okay, I love the fake effects scene because Homer's like, look how fake that submarine is. You can see it's wires. Uh-uh, an octopus. <laughs> I will say, the, the, the part where he gets scared about the octopus is pretty funny. Uh, and everyone shushes him, and Marge is getting a little embarrassed. And understandably so, I think. It's it's one thing to, like, I don't know, occasion- no, I was going to say it's one thing to occasionally make noise in a theater, but no, screw those people. I don't care what you say. Go to hell. It's, <laughs> it's so much more fun. So, uh, over in the uh, other theater where Bart and Lisa are, they're watching Space Mutants 5. Yeah. But... The sign but said six. 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 They're fooling people. Yeah. So uh, unless there's that's maybe they're playing the old one as well. Like you said, they they used to play like movies for a long period of time. So what it could be, and I thought about this, is it could be a flashback. That could because be. In horror movies, I can think of many horror movies that do this, where they flashback to previous sequels. Friday the Thirteenth Two starts off with an opening that goes through the kill of every single person in the first movie. <laughs> is it a kill of every person in the first movie? It, it basically shows every death. Um, that's funny. In all of the Universal movies, they would do that, but that's because they're from a time period where you wouldn't really see a movie back in the day, so they have to recap what happened. Ah, yes. Most of the Mummy movies are just like 15, 20 minutes of just the previous movies. (laughs) That's pretty funny. Uh, You're probably right. It's either a flashback or they're playing the other movie at the same time. Uh, And I like that Bart is like, if you don't watch the violence, you'll never be desensitized to it. And then he's, uh, Lisa's like, tell me when I can open my eyes. And like, as soon as there's murder on the screen, he's like, okay, you can open them. (laughs) And she starts screaming. And I love the the red coloring. Oh, yeah, the red coloring is great. I love it in that scene. (laughs) Anytime they do the coloring change of The Simpsons, I always appreciate it. She's right, though. You need to desensitize yourself. 
I mean, that's what I did. Yeah, that's what I did. Uh, we turned out. Not into sociopaths. <laughs> mm. Ah, yeah, that's not good. So, so back in in uh, Marge and Homer's theater, uh, Homer's like guessing the plot, and then finally he lays a bunch of spoilers out. And he's like, "Oh, I heard about this. The the like, you know, what was it? The code is the nursery rhyme. He was told as a child." And everyone starts freaking out and throwing things at Homer, and he's like, "Hey, it's pretty obvious if you think about it." And Marge yells at Homer. Finally. Tells him to shut up. Nobody cares what you have to say. And everyone in the crowd cheers, and Homer is embarrassed. Go to hell, Marge. Stand by your man, a jerk. <laughs> so here's the thing. If I was in a Star Wars movie, like the one that just uh, released for us, so this is this, uh, uh, we're recording this uh, just a little bit after uh, Star Wars Episode Nine came out. Yeah. If I was in that uh, uh, movie, and I'm not going to reveal a spoiler here just to be safe, but if I was in that movie and my buddy next to me was like, oh, I heard how this ends, and just announced it to everyone in the theater, I would be so mortified. You would be upset. Yeah. That is so deserving that, like, Marge tells Homer to shut up. She is never mean to her, or she's never mean to him, or ever you know and she blew up she got very upset very understandable but you know we cut back into uh the car and homer's livid he won't talk he's just driving and marge is like well homer if it makes you feel any better a lot of the stuff that hit you splattered on me too and he doesn't say anything and bart (laughs) Is like, so you can see the stress is building at like these points here. And he draws like a frowny face on his back or the back of his head. And Homer is just, you know, and he says, uh, and that's the other thing. He goes, leading to one unhappy pappy. And Bart's uh, flippant attitude isn't doing any wonders for Homer. He drops them off. And uh, he says, you know, Marge, I like to think I carry myself with a certain quiet dignity. He does. He doesn't. There's nothing quiet or dignified about Homer J. Simpson. (laughs) And he tells Marge that he doesn't know when she'll see him again. And he drives off. And then comes back, gives him Maggie. And then drives off. And then drives off. And I love Lisa's line where she's like, oh, I guess that executive stress ball we got for Christmas isn't working. (laughs) Here's the thing. I will say, we don't ever hear Marge apologize. Not once in this entire she probably episode. She probably should have said sorry for telling him to shut up. That isn't really nice. I'm not saying Homer didn't deserve it, but she probably should have said, hey, Homer, I'm sorry that I yelled at you in the theater, I, you know, but I really wish you wouldn't have been ra- lo- ra- rude and loud and spoiled the movie for a bunch of people and, like, was an incredible jerk. Homer in this episode is kind of a real POS. Eh. But let's move on, because there's more opportunities so, for Homer to be a big idiot. So I've been mad enough to drive off on someone. I mean, I'm not saying that that isn't, you know, like, I, you know, I understand getting some space from somebody. That is completely understandable. I'm not going to say that that's wrong by any means. Though I will say, maybe he should have phrased that a little better in front of his fucking children and said, Hey, honey, I'm really upset right now. I want a little bit of space. You guys go in. I'm going to go cool off. I'll be back. Not, I don't know when you'll see me next. Oh, by the way, children, I love you too, I guess. 
Skirt, drive away. See you later. Daddy's going off to buy a pack of smokes. Yeah, that that is is horrendously terrible. Homer is a giant piece of shit in this the episode. The kids are used to it. And that's the worst part. <laughs> so Homer's driving down the freeway. And he sees a sign for Flaming Pete's, which is 75 miles away. And then we get like another billboard, and it's like 30 miles away. And then another billboard, it's like, it's coming up. I like that Homer's falling asleep, but every time he sees these billboards, he gets excited and perks up. I don't know why he thinks Flaming Pete's is open at like 11, 12 o'clock, but regardless, he drives by, and it's a flaming crater. I don't think it's that late at night. Well, I mean, it's nighttime, and they got there in the evening, didn't they? They got there in the afternoon. Oh, was it the afternoon? Okay, so it's probably not that late. It's probably, what, like 8, 9 o'clock or something then? It's got to be, because he goes to a bar, and the bar would be closing at like 2 o'clock. That's true, depending on the state. Yeah. You know, because some bars... Some bars are open until 4 in other yeah, states. Yeah, but only like, what, New York and... Tennessee has it, actually. Tennessee's got a really cool thing in Nashville. Oh, yeah? Where half the street is like on the two o'clock timeline because it's in one county and the other half's not oh really so like people will go to the bars in tennessee you'll go to the ones that close at two in the morning and then at two in the morning you cross over to the other bars it's like kind of cool <laughs> that's kind of neat so i uh, southern bars they, they're always cool uh, wow it's funny you mentioned southern bars so as homer's driving as well by the way uh he passes by a skunk a fertilizer plant, a county dump, a sulfur mine, and 40 miles of open sewers. And every time he tries to hold his breath. I don't know these smells. Oh, you don't have a very good sense of smell. I have a terrible sense of smell. So I don't know most of how horrible these smells are. So this joke doesn't do much for me. Um, I've never, sm- like, anytime I've gone to a dump, like recycling centers and stuff, I don't ever smell anything in particular. Maybe like a composty smell, an earthy smell. Uh, fertilizer plant I've never smelled. Uh, open sewers and sulfur and skunks? Yeah, they're pretty bad. They're not fun. You're not missing much there. I probably enjoy them just because I don't know what I'm missing. It's not that you would enjoy it. It's that you would enjoy the suffering of everyone around you. No, I think I'd enjoy the feeling of actually smelling something. Oh, I'd that's like, what you mean. Oh, that that's a smell. Oh, okay. Kind of like uh, Rocko's Modern Life when uh, the uh, Bev Bighead gets a, a nose implant. Yeah. <laughs> Nicktoons. Three references. God, we're doing it all over Rocko twice. Heck yeah. Let's see what we can keep doing. Uh, so Homer arrives at the Beer and Brawl. The beer and brawl. Which we get one of my favorite lines right when he goes into the bar. Yeah, so uh, Homer even mentioned something about this being a redneck bar. And I get that, like, you know, Southerners are, are sort of like an easy target to sort of make poke fun at. But, like, that's probably kind of offensive, right? I mean... That he so offhandedly sees a bar that's about fighting and, like, there's a horse in the parking lot and he's like, rednecks. I mean, it is, but it's also like that redneck pride kind of thing. That That's true. There, there's, but, there's, you know, there's a certain pride people have to that. But like, they don't want to be called rednecks. They want to be called the sons of the South. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so uh, Homer heads in it. What uh, what is uh, uh, is said? So there's two guys who are looking at it and they knock into each other. And one of you says, hey, let's fight. Them's fighting words. <laughs> and they start beating each other. Hey, let's fight. Them's fighting words. That's great. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah. The, even though I have issues with this episode, uh, there are some really great lines. So uh, uh, Homer goes up to the, the bar and he asks for a duff. 
And the guy's like, we don't serve duff. We have fud. And he's like, all right, well, give me one of those. And so Homer starts drinking a fud. Hope he doesn't go blind. So we do see fud one more time in the series. Do you know where we see fud? Oh, when do we see it next? Because Simpsons trivia for you. Where do they drink fud? Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe uh, uh, Shelbyville? It is in Shelbyville yes! in the limit of Troy. Yes. I'm so good at this. I uh, so uh, the the host uh, MC, if you will, uh, tells everyone to give a drunken welcome to yodeling Zeke, who as soon as he starts yodeling, gets hit in the back of the head with a chair. Oh, poor yodeling Zeke. Keep yodeling Zeke in mind, everybody, because he's important for later. I uh, next up is the singing waitress Lurleen. And uh, unfortunately, drink service will stop for the next few minutes. And everyone goes, boo, throws a bunch of bottles and somebody throws a pig. Yeah, somebody throws a pig on the stage. And uh, Lurleen tells everyone that uh, she uh, thought up this song while she was mopping up their dried blood and teeth. So that's utterly vile. But yes, go on. I'm just going to lay something on the line here. Mm -hmm. I have a thing for Southern girls. (laughs) That might be why I love this episode. Okay, that's that. Uh, you know, southern, I'm not gonna say you're wrong. Southern cooking, nice southern accent. Southern accents are are typically adorable when when it's not being said that you have a purdy mouth. <laughs> you got a purdy mouth, boy. <laughs> 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 I appreciate the the yuck. <laughs> hey, Ma, look at that pointy-haired girl. So, uh, and, and it is funny because we don't really see Cletus before this, but I think the Simpsons writers were like, we don't do enough jokes about Southerners. We need a, a hillbilly, a son of the South, if you will. Uh, and so uh, Lurleen sings her song and it really speaks to Homer. Oh, it resonates well with him because he feels like everything she's saying is something he's going with. Except for the the the, the truck up off the you know uh, uh, what is it uh, flying off the interstate? Yeah, flip your truck off the interstate. <laughs> That's right. She's right. Except of course for the truck. <laughs> yeah, it's like her song is about like breaking your back for some old man and your wife doesn't treat you right and and you know here's the thing, Marge treats Homer way better than she should. But, yes, she does. And and here's the thing, though. Homer, at this moment, because she yelled at him, is like has this persecution complex, which we kind of see later. He's so paranoid about like weird stuff like that with with Marge. I uh, but I uh, she wraps up her song. Nobody claps, and she gets off stage. She puts on her apron, and Homer comes up to her. And uh, oh, by the way, I'm calling bullshit on that. That's another thing that drives me crazy about this episode. There's no way. A bunch of of drunken dudes, miserable, drunken hillbillies would not clap and pretend to be super into the very attractive waitress's song. Oh, yeah, totally. They would. They would totally do it, even if they hated the song, just because they want to be with her. I mean, she'll even say later on the episode that Homer's the only person who's done something nice for her without wanting something in return. That is very true. And also sad for her, but very true. And so uh, Homer says that, you know, he loved the song and it really spoke to him. And which way to the can? Uh, When the commercial break cuts out and then comes back in, it's like morning. Yeah, Homer spent the night in this bar. And, you know, 
like he had to have been nursing the last drink he had because because he still has a drink in his hand, you know, yeah. when it comes in. Uh, and Homer kind of starts to get like a little flirty with her. He says that she has a very pretty name. Oh, really? I don't know. I forgot. <laughs> yeah, you already forgot it. And her name is Lurline Lumpkin. Uh, and I, I do love that he says he already forgot it. <laughs> and he says, bye, Lurline. And yeah, so. Oh, it's adorable. Should have went with her. Adorable when it's it's not his yeah. wife. For God's sake. It's adorable. Poor Marge is getting like essentially cheated on here. Oh, and she's much better. I never said that she never cheated as well. There, we we know life in the fast lane is a very awkward episode. There's a lot of emotional cheating going on there, but there's also some going on here. And this is where I feel like you know Homer's night out. Yeah, he dances with a belly dancer and he treats women like you know items, and that's not good. But this is where he's emotionally cheating on Marge, and this is where the the uh, things even out for their uh, relationship. Okay, okay, I'm gonna take this one on a limb and defend this episode. Uh huh. I don't feel like Homer realizes throughout this entire episode that she has feelings for him. I think he's just thinking he's a good friend. I think that Homer's in denial and he's a big idiot because it's super obvious. And and, and Homer's not that bright. He doesn't pick up on things. He couldn't follow that movie earlier. How can he follow when a woman falls for him? I know. That's fair. I'm not going to say that you're entirely wrong. But, like, this is an example of Homer being a giant idiot. Oh, he's a giant idiot. I'm not denying that. <laughs> so, But he's an innocent and lovable idiot, as we'll see. Yeah, I was going to say, we'll certainly see that he's a lovable idiot. Uh, we find out that the bar was in Spittle County because he comes home and Marge is like, you know, like, what happened? I was so worried. Understandably so. The last time she saw her husband, he said he didn't know when she'd see him again. And Homer's in a good mood now. Oh, yeah. He, he drank he all her, night. We're going to quit all the feuding and the fuss and get to some loving. And Marge is a little iffy because, understandably so, they just had a giant fight. And now Homer comes in probably still mildly intoxicated and, you know, is like, well, let's make love. Oh, maybe I don't want to right now, Homer, because we just had a giant fight. That's how you make up. Makeup sex is where it's at. No, no, no. We're going into makeup sex. I'm not saying that makeup sex is a a problem, but maybe there's healthier ways to work some things out. Yeah, have the angry sex, then have the makeup sex. (laughs) Touche. So Homer is at the plant, and he's in a great mood, and he he must be using some kind of like emergency override as the safety inspector. Yeah, he's a safety inspector, but he's shutting the power off. I. Took qualm with this. Yeah, he's like cutting power here in and out, even at the hospital. I mean, they should have like a backup generator to prevent that. But like some poor guy's getting his gallbladder uh, taken out, even though it wasn't supposed to come out. Put it back. Put it back. <laughs> it's weird that uh, uh, we've had Dr. Nick before. Yeah, but it wasn't Dr. It Nick. Wasn't it Dr. wasn't Dr. Nick. the veterinarian from the last episode. No, it was just a regular, like just some random doctor. And like we very rarely see that. I. Uh, at Barney's Bolorama, which also has a little new sign on it. Yeah. It says Barney's new Bolorama. Is that new part there later? I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, Homer uh, has the Homer ball that he gave to Marge, which is, I, th- I feel like another, like a little, like s- a subtle nod to the fact that their relationship is not doing very well right now. Oh, yeah. 
and uh, uh, Homer's both like singing the the song literally and saying and you know bowling, and uh, Lenny and Carl kind of make fun of him, and Lenny's like, man, he's like you know singing to his ball again, and Carl's like, yeah, and he's bowling a two eighty, and Lenny then starts to sing, uh, there's a kind of hush by the Carpenters to his ball. We know the Carpenters, of course, are the band that uh, sing Homer and Marge's song. Oh, that's that's really sad when we put it into context. There. Right? <laughs> uh, I, I, uh, close to You is their song, and here we have a reference to the band that sings that. We've also had references to the, the ball. There's a lot of little subtle things in this episode, whether it was done on purpose or not, I'm not sure, that relate to them having a rocky relationship right now. Homer, though, goes to Moe's Tavern, and he asks for a FUD. And Moe is like, I thought they took that off the market after all those hillbillies went blind. <laughs> and uh, Homer's like, well, no, I had it at a bar I went to last night. I love this scene because Moe is generally upset. He's like, oh, Homer, you went to another bar? I love the, his uh, delivery. Uh, what is it? Uh, Hank Azaria's delivery yeah. at the end when he's like, you know, you went to another bar? And Homer's like, Mo, I was 100 miles out of town. And he goes, oh, Homer. <laughs> it's just something about the way he says that I love. Homer finds himself at the Royal King Trailer Park. Which one was the last time they had a tornado? Oh, uh, it's been 14 days without a tornado at that trailer park. Which is a pretty low blow uh, joke over the fact that trailers are more easily swept up in tornadoes and more people get hurt yeah. in them. I feel like it's a, a very, and it's a funny joke, but it's also kind of a, a like a, a crass one, kind of. So Homer had to go to that bar. Ask somebody where Lurleen lives. And some idiot gave the location. Yeah. That's weird, right? Oh, that's super weird. This is another one of my issues with the the episode is how creepy this must be. And how big of an idiot Lurleen is. So I got a funny story about that, actually. Mm-hmm. One of my coworkers recently got a stalker. Oh. A, she's a 23-year-old woman. Yeah. And a 63-year-old man started, like, he just met her. Told her he loved her. What? Sent like $120 in roses to her what? with a note that says we should travel the world together. What? Yeah. Oh, good Lord. Yeah, he wants to wear her skin like a suit. This man is fucking leather face. Yeah. Good Lord. Yeah, he does. So, That's yeah. Fucked. I do take offense to them telling where Lurleen lives because you don't give that information. No. You protect your coworker. Right? But they're ignorant hicks. So. Uh, well, all right. That's fair. Uh, I mean, they decided to make a bar that's about drinking and fighting. Oh, it's the Bayern Brawl. That's just not a good idea. So Homer arrives and knocks on her door, and uh, she's like, Homer J, what are you doing here? And he's like, like you know, he's like, literally, I can't get that song out of my head. I haven't felt this way since Funky Town, which is Lip uh, Lips Inks 1979 uh, uh, song. It's uh, off their debut album. Uh, and so he he asks her, you know, what other songs, you know, like you know, or or, or he says something like, you know, I got to get a copy of that song, and she's like, it's all up here in my head, along with I'm basting a turkey with my tears. Don't look up my dress unless you mean it. Uh, I'm sick of your lying lips and false teeth. And Homer says the line, we need to cr- uh, crack open your head and scoop out those songs. And then grabs her arm and drags her off. Yeah. That, I, I'm going to level with you, Sean. I, I, I'm, I'm always happy when, when there's a fan and somebody likes me. 
if some if one of my fans came to my door and told me that they needed to scoop all of my ideas out of my or uh, uh, crack my skull and scoop the ideas out of my head, grabbed my arm and started pulling them towards their vehicle. Okay, okay. I can tell you this. I. Uh, I'd be screaming and pulling out mace, holding on to things, scratching at them. I would not let that happen. Let's change the story a little bit for a second. Sure. Somebody you spent the entire night making a connection with that you find attractive says, we need to do this. I, there is a very, very big issue with this. So if, if I was attracted to them, if I was, had a connection with them, if I had a crush on them, whatever the case may be, and they arrived at my doorstep and I never gave them their, my address... No, I would not go anywhere with them. No, they'd not be getting inside. I'd say, hey, let's do this in a real, real, you know, not serial killer way and uh, maybe try to date in a public place. I'll meet you there. But you know what? If they found my goddamn house first, I can tell you this, I probably wouldn't be going out with them. He did spend the night talking to her, so maybe she said where she lived. Maybe he learned a little bit about it. But you know what? I feel like that's a weird sign to Homer, right? Like, if I was talking to someone and I was like, oh, you know, know, I'm doing pretty well, blah, 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 you know, getting a connection with them. Even after a few hours, if they were like, this is my address, I'd be like, okay, that seems weird, right? Well, they might not have said that. They might have said like, oh, yeah, I live at, you know, this trailer park. And he might have gone to the office of it. Like, you live in an apartment. If you told somebody, oh, yeah, I live at these apartments, and then somebody was like, oh, I'll ask the office if they know where this person is. I need to meet them. Then the, there's an issue with that office because it's real weird that, like, some random guy would come in and be like, can you tell me where Lurleen is? Like, it'd be like, what? No, we're not telling you where that person lives. It all depends on how he phrased it. Homer, Homer's a gentle, nice man. He probably would have been like, hey, I was uh, friends with uh, Lurleen. I needed to know which one she lived in. I've seen that rock bottom special. He ain't that gentle and nice. <laughs> so uh, Homer grabs her. and Oh, by the way, in my notes, the only note I have is, is she deranged? <laughs> <laughs> so they go to Lucky uh, Lucky's Records in Weevilville. And, uh, is that a Pokemon? I think it is. I, I think it's maybe a village where a Pokemon lives. I'm not sure. It, it seems like a Pokemon. Uh, so uh, they're in line. She sings this song because you can apparently get 25 cent burned CDs here. Was that a thing in the early 90s? I do remember recording studios where you could get copies of your songs on CD. Huh, in okay. Fact, we actually will get an episode of Doug where they do that, oh, where Doug yeah. records a song about Patty. Is that our fourth Nicktoons <laughs> Yeah, reference? we're rocking the Nicktoons in this episode. Woo! Go Nickelodeon. Uh, <laughs> so, I... Uh, uh, somebody overhears the song though, and you know he's like, "Hey, my I think he says like my brother uh, runs a radio station. I uh, you know uh, maybe the radio station's in Weevilville, and uh, you know like you know I'd love to give him the the song." And Lurleen is like, "Homer, it was your twenty five cents. What do you say?" And he like awkwardly zones out for a moment. He's like, "I guess it's okay." Yeah. And so uh, she starts getting popular. Uh, over at KUDD, could <laughs> you got could on it? Uh, they uh, they start playing the song. We have Mo crying, who says that drinks are going to be on the house, and Barney comes out of the bathroom with his fly down zipping up, and he's like, "What'd you say, Mo?" And he's like, "Nothing." Uh, Sideshow Mel apparently hooked up with Krusty's sister. Yeah, he did. Krusty has a sister. Yeah, he does. 
I guess. And uh, he's just. Oy vey. <laughs> Oy vey indeed. <laughs> Slapping the hell out of Mel. And he's like, I told you to stay away from my sister. And the song plays on the radio. And then he gives him $50 and tells her to go to the Copa. Yeah. Which would be the Copacabana? The, the New York Club? The Copa. Copacabana. Oh, by the way, uh, around this time in 1992, then owner of the Copacabana, uh, Peter Dorn, moved the club from its original location of over 50 years to 617 West 57th Street. Uh, when asked why he was doing this, Dorn changed la- uh, uh, or charged landlord Nicola uh, Biasi with not liking Hispanics. Hmm. That's awkward, right? Yeah, that's super awkward. Yeah, apparently that was the reason for the move. Over at the Springfield Penitentiary, uh, we have a prison riot with uh, Snake, Jailbird. Yeah, we do. Uh, and, uh, Sean, I have a very important question for you. What's that? On the wall, what's that white stuff next to the red blood stains? That's semen. Oh. That's semen. Oh. That's blood and semen on that wall. Oh. Or ketchup and mayonnaise. I sure hope it's ketchup and mayonnaise, and they, they just got upset after they were making hamburgers at the jail, and it went splattering all over, and that's why the riot started. And not semen on the walls. It's just, just, just I like it. I love this prison riot scene, by the way. Uh, yeah, they, they break up and, and hug each other over the, the sad country song. This really puts this whole riot into perspective. <laughs> Uh, Lisa, uh, uh, back at home, uh, they're listening to it on the radio, and Lisa says she loves her singing. Uh, Bart thinks country sucks because it takes time away from shock DJs whose cruelty and profanity abuse us all. And Homer is not very amused with Bart in this episode, and he's just like, shut up, boy. I... Bart is really sidelined on this episode, too. He really is. He's on the side. He does a few little, like, you know, prank-type things later, but, like, Homer kind of puts the kibosh on it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Marge is iffy. Marge is is a little on the iffy side about this and that she doesn't like, you know, uh, uh, you know, Homer hanging out with this like, you know, cocktail waitress. And Homer's like, you make it sound so seamy. He's like, all I did was like, you know, like uh, hang out in her trailer with her, watch her try on outfits. And Marge is iffy. But Homer lets her know that she's going to be a big country star. Like that jerk in the cowboy hat, or that dead lady, who I'm not entirely sure who he's supposed to be referencing. I don't know. It could be anybody. There's a lot of dead ladies, and there's a lot of jerks in cowboy hats. So, uh, uh, Homer, uh, or no, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Homer, you know, is like, you know, blah, 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 everything's okay, it's fine. Lurleen calls and asks Homer if he can hang out. And he's like, oh, let me ask my wife. And Marge is just like glaring and like scowling and growling at him. And Homer goes, yep, it's a date. She doesn't say no. She doesn't. Now, I do give um, some credit to Marge. Marge is very iffy about Homer hanging out with this friend. But she's not going to tell him no just yet. You know, she, she you know, doesn't want to take away freedom from from homer yeah. seemingly and you know so marge gets a lot of credit in this scene for that however she should probably be saying homer it seems very very suspicious i mean she kind of did say that i guess and homer blew it off like it's no big deal back at uh Lurleen's trailer park which has now been two, two days, days since they had a tornado the other day <laughs> uh Lurleen lets homer know that everyone's been calling 
Mama, Daddy, the Triplets, Vonda May, Piney Joe. For the record, uh, those sound like ridiculous, like phony Southern names. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I might have a distant Vonda May aunt or something. <laughs> <laughs> I think I might have had a Piney Joe growing up, too. Don't remember that well. Uh, but just like you mentioned earlier, uh, Lurleen says that no man has ever been so nice to her without wanting anything in return. And I give a lot of credit to Homer in this uh, scene because he goes, oh, I was going to ask you for a glass of water, but now I feel pretty guilty. And that's a pretty funny line. Oh, Homer, you're just a big old sack of sugar. He goes, thanks. You did say sugar, right? (laughs) And she decides that she's going to make Homer her manager. But Homer's not so good with big ears. Well, that's okay. He makes a lot of stupid decisions. Nobody's perfect. He did bad at school. She didn't even go. And her and his personal dis, uh, uh, sorry his personal hygiene has been described as that one I don't remember. And she cuts him off yeah. at that point. And she goes, yeah. And then she's like, you know, uh, like Homer, that's okay. And so she tells him that there's only one thing he needs. So where are they heading, Sean? They're heading to get him a suit at the corpulent cowboy. Yeah. That is such a vile name for a store. I love it. But it is like, if I was driving by someplace and it was the corpulent cowboy, I would assume it was like a necromancer shop it's, who loves cowboys. I, I honestly think it sounds like like the mob boss of a town. Like, oh, he's the corpulent cowboy. You better watch out. <laughs> that is a great title for an evil mobster or evil. Yeah, like an evil Western, like, yeah. seedy villain yeah. who ties people to the train tracks. He's the corpulent cowboy. Oh, you need to use that. That's a good, really good yeah, one. I'm going to have to steal that. <laughs> I, I, so Homer gets a suit with Space Age fabric developed for Elvis. That, uh, where the sweat cleans his suit, which is a, a gag at the expense of Elvis, who uh, gained a lot of weight. Yeah, gained quite a bit of weight. Uh, Homer, uh, later that night, gets home at around 12.10 at night. And uh, Marge immediately doesn't want to see him and throws the covers over her which head. Which isn't that late. I've come home later at night. No, no, that's, no, 1210 isn't that bad. I, I leave D&D all the time later than that. That is very true. But you don't leave other girls' places and then go back to your girlfriend at 1210 at night. I mean, <laughs> I, I leave D&D, and isn't that, isn't that close? Isn't that close? I mean... I wish we were Dungeons more like that. Dungeons Dragons is the closest <laughs> thing to love. <laughs> that is probably true. Uh, and uh, Marge tells Homer that she doesn't want to look at him. That she, you know she's really upset about the fact that like he's spending time with all this wo- or the, with this you know woman and all this country music stuff, and she's had it. And Homer goes, "Well, maybe you don't want to take a look at me," and because uh, he was trying to brag about the suit, and she looks at him and she's like, "Who got that suit for you? Uh, did Lurleen?" And he's like, "No, no. A, a friend bought it for me. Maybe Lenny." <laughs> he throws Lenny under the bus. So good. Funny line. He's also lying to his wife, which isn't great. She asks if he's having an affair. And Homer immediately goes no, and, and and he's pretty offended by that. Yeah, he's generally upset. He's just friends. She asks, though, have, has he kissed her? No. Has she kissed him? A couple of times. <laughs> and here we get probably my one of my favorite parts of the episode. It's Homer's boyhood dream. Of managing a country singer. Of managing a country singer. A beautiful country singer. 
And Marge goes, no, it isn't. Your dream was to eat the world's biggest hoagie, and you did it last year at the county fair. And we see a picture of Homer eating a giant sandwich, but not the world's biggest sandwich. We'll see that happen later in the series. I do love that sandwich. Also, <laughs> I can't stay mad at you. <laughs> uh, we also, uh, uh, for those who aren't aware, uh, this is a series of gags that we'll have moving forward over the years. Yeah. Homer's boyhood dream will come up a lot. <laughs> and it will always be changing. Uh, and uh, Homer, though, gets mad. He says that you're not going to stand in the way of that dream, and he leaves. And Marge is stuck. Like, what could she do? But Marge is still going to be around. Because yeah. uh, over in uh, the Hicksville, USA recording studio... I, uh, which uh, we find out that this studio has a lot of history, but we'll talk about that history later in the episode. I, yeah. uh, but I, I, uh, he the he mentions uh, the the guy mentions Buddy Holly, uh, who died in '59, uh, and apparently the quote you know uh, he had been at that studio in 1958, so it had been a year before he uh, passed away. What did Buddy Holly say about this place? Uh, well, we'll get to that okay. later in the episode. Uh, they're, they're, it's my favorite quote, so we'll chat okay. about that later. Uh, but I, uh, I, uh, oh, and Buddy Holly is the guy who's saying like Peggy Sue. Uh, he was you know very popular. Uh, but I, uh, Homer goes. He's like, oh, I'm sure literally don't love it, and he just hands over a lot of cash. Homer, how much was that? <laughs> don't worry, it's just our life savings. I'm not going to hawk for this, and I, I. You know, Lurleen comes in and, you know, she's like, hi, Colonel Homer. And uh, he's like, uh, and Marge gets introduced and she goes, Mrs. Homer Simpson. And Lurleen has one of my favorite lines she gives her this whole episode. Charmed. And she rolls her eyes at Marge. The sass on her is awesome. She's such a bitch. She's awesome. And so. I love Lurleen. And so Marge looks to Homer and she's like. Thought you said she was overweight. And Homer's like, Marge, it takes two to lie. One to lie and one to listen. What does that mean? I don't have time to answer all these questions. Uh, time is money. Come on, people. And in the studio, Lurleen says, come on, boys. Let's break some hearts. And I do appreciate that while the song is going, they're showing like the kids interacting with the studio. Yeah. It's because not only are we just because, you know, they could have easily just had the song going while they just sat there, you know, but they play the song and uh, it's a country music song about. Uh, yeah. Lisa has an album credit after this. Oh, she does. She plays the sax. Yeah. Uh, we also have Bart making faces, trying to hit buttons. Homer's like choking him. Maggie is like riding around on the little like. uh, uh like the recording tape thing that just spins in a circle. And uh, uh, the song is, is you know, there's something kind of funny about the song, right, Sean? Not really. I mean, she's just singing about getting lucky with love. And hitting a home homer. Yeah, she hit a home run. She, she bagged out her, of the park. She bagged herself a homer. I don't get it. Homer's an idiot. <laughs> And but they have to stop because they're getting this horrible grinding noise, and we see Marge just grinding her teeth, and like the the sound of actual teeth grinding is incredibly gross. Uh, so you got to think she's pretty upset right now, maybe a little bit. 
uh, variety, Springfield variety comes out and it says Hicks in Sticks Love Chicks Licks. Which apparently that's a reference to like Hollywood type papers where they have like weird little limericks and rhymes, yeah. you know, uh, that they think are like, you know, real clever. Uh, but uh, I like the shade you have of think are real clever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, they think they're really clever. And uh, I, I do appreciate uh, the there's a bench that has their advertisement on it. And this old lady sits down and Homer and Lurlene are off to the side. He's just like, hey, he's like, you off the bench. Colonel Homer is awesome. I. Uh, yeah, he uh, uh, is an idiot. He's awesome. He's supporting this woman wholeheartedly. No, he's supporting a woman wholeheartedly. So I, I do appreciate, though, that Bart, Lisa, and Maggie are helping out with packaging the records and stuff. That's that's kind of cute. They're faking signing it and kissing it. Uh-huh. Though, I suppose, technically, uh, you know, they're they're helping their father with his infidelity, and that's probably not great. Uh, Who didn't growing up? <laughs> we didn't all have childhoods like you, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> so Homer got her a gig on TV, and Lurleen says that he's as smart as he is handsome, and Homer immediately first takes offense to this. But Lurleen says that she has a new song that maybe they'll play. And Homer suggests they need a second song, which yeah. is common for a variety show. Saturday Night Live usually has the vocal guests do two songs. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, they're, uh, uh, you know, they, he wants to hear the song. And Lurleen starts singing a, a, a really, really romantic song that has a line that says, bunk with me tonight. I'm asking, won't you bunk with me tonight? And Homer says... What? There isn't a man, or he goes, Oh, that's hot. There isn't a man alive who wouldn't be turned on by that. Well, goodbye. Good <laughs> he goes to put on his hat, his stupid cowboy hat, leave. And she grabs him and she goes, Homer, there's a sin message in the song. And he's like, Uh huh. Homer, won't you, uh huh, bunk with me, yeah, tonight. And Homer finally gets it. Finally, it dawns on him that Lurleen is attracted to him. And I will say it's clear in this scene that Homer didn't realize before that she was attracted to him. He was an innocent man in this scenario. Innocent is not the word I would use. He was still an ass. But at least he wasn't really trying to cheat on Marge. We know that. Yeah, Marge was trying to cheat on Homer. Yes, she was. So she is a step worse than this. (laughs) Oh, boy. I mean... Maybe maybe Marge probably should have cheated on Homer and left him because he's such a maybe Homer should have cheated on Marge because Lurleen's perfect. Listen, just because you have a boner for Southern <laughs> accents doesn't mean that Homer should have cheated on his wife. She's a sweet little Southern gal who take care of him. They'd have a nice life together. I'm not gonna say that. Twain came back to my voice and I didn't even mean it. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing. I'm not going to say they wouldn't potentially have a nice night, a life together. They, you know, there's a good chance they would. Uh, because it really seems like Lurleen wants to just have an idiot in her life. One of her songs was that she was mad at someone's lying lips and false teeth. She's dated a man with no teeth before. Lurleen's standards are probably a little on the lower side. If you date what you can get, and she was hanging out in the beer and brawl, so... 
I mean, yeah. I mean, who's she going to go for? Is she going to nail Yodel and Zeke? Come on. Yodel and Zeke is about to have a giant boost to his career. You'll see. <laughs> so, I, Homer leaves. He's got to think about this. Yeah, he's legitimately thinking about having an affair. He is, and that's not good. And I mean, you know, Lurleen is attractive. She's, she's, you know, about to be successful. Like, you know, th- th- this is technically kind of like one of those, like, you know, fantasy dreams and stuff of like, oh, it'd be great to have this really attractive, you know, person with a beautiful voice who's super successful and like going to make me rich. And like, so Homer. It, it'd be like dating a young Dolly Parton. Hell, I'd date Dolly Parton now. Yeah, I know, but it'd be like you're her manager before then. I'm just oh, saying. Oh, like, right. Like, that's what it would be. Like, you you like found Dolly Parton out in the sticks, and you're like, listen, you're going to make a career out of this. You're going to be famous. It's funny you mentioned Dolly Parton, because didn't uh, uh, the the actress who did the, the voice of uh, Lurleen, uh, what is her name? Uh, D'Angelo. Uh, Beverly D'Angelo? Beverly D'Angelo. Uh, didn't she do uh, Patsy uh, oh no! It was uh, I'm sorry, Pat- Patsy Klein. I think of the coal uh, the coal miner's daughter. Yes, that's what it was. Okay, uh, so Patsy Klein, not Dolly Parton. My apologies. Uh, so back at home, Marge is talking with uh, is it Patty or Selma? I don't remember. I don't remember which one. It's I mix one them the up. Yeah, I mix them up so frequently. Uh, and she's like, you know. All this, mo- all our money's tied up in this woman. If she succeeds, you know, like that's great. But I lose my husband if I, you know, if we don't. Like I, you know, all this, you know, she's really depressed. And like, and uh, Patty or Selma, whichever one it is, is like you don't know what to do <laughs> because they want Homer gone. And I, uh, Homer gets home and he's like, oh, I gotta get ready for this TV special, yada yada. And Marge comes upstairs and she's like, you know, while you were gone with Lurleen, uh, judging that greased pig contest, Maggie cut her first tooth. And Homer's like, oh, that's great. And she's like, you're not even listening to me. And Homer's like, sure they will. And uh, Marge tries to lay Homer on a guilt trip. Yeah, she's kind of manipulative in this scene. I'm not going to say that this isn't a fair amount of manipulation, considering that the kids are all dressed up and stuff. Yeah. She brings the children in, and, like, Lisa and Bart are in their, like, Sunday best. And uh, and Maggie, too, is in a little dress. And she's like, you know, when you go out there, I want you to think about, like, what you're leaving behind. And Homer kind of gets nervous, and he's like, ah, I got to go, you know. He'd still have those kids if he uh, went with Lil Larry. I'm just saying. They'd still be his kids. No judge in the world would ever allow Homer J. Simpson to take care of children. I wouldn't say he had full custody, no, but he'd still be their dad. He'd still see them on weekends. Listen, we both know that those kids, as soon as they're 18, Homer ain't their dad anymore. Once that court is no longer forcing them to go over there, they're gone forever. (laughs) No, they'll get along with him. Bart isn't so sure. He says, as much as I hate that man right now, that suit looks fine. He's right. It does. Homer looks good in that suit. And here's the something that's kind of, there's, there's a certain amount of sadness to the fact that the kids know what's up. Oh, yeah, they do. Bart knows. Like, Bart is mad at his father. Like, Bart is, is like, as, he says, as much as I hate that man right now. Like, you know he sided with his mother on this one, and with good cause. So. Homer goes to the Yahoo show, uh, and they blow up a donkey? 
Yeah, they blow up a donkey. <laughs> the donkey drinks a moonshine and explodes. I was like, oh my god! In my notes, my notes say that donkey blew up. <laughs> I would watch a show where a donkey blew up, wouldn't you? I just did. It's called The Simpsons. <laughs> Fair. So, in alphabetical order, they have all of the guests, and the first one, who literally should have been with Yodel and Zeke, and he's got a bandage around his head. Yeah, he does. Uh, we also have Butterball Jackson, Freddy Boy, Freddy Boy and Yuma. Yuma's the pig, I presume. Chloris, uh, uh, Chloris Mos- uh, Moselle, Big Shirtless Ron. Big Shirtless Ron is my favorite, by the way. <laughs> or, or Villain Early, Gappy May, Hip Diddler, Rudy, who's my favorite, just this guy in giant pants with suspenders. Yeah. Uh, the Yahoo Recovering Alcoholic Jug Band, and her in her debut for TV, Lurleen. While she's singing her first song, uh, uh, a guy from Rebel Yell Records. Which what is her first song she sings? Oh, uh, I didn't. I don't remember. I didn't take note of it. It's um, the finally hit me a homer. Ah, Lurleen thinks she's won. Yeah, she does. Oh, by the way, Rebel Yell Records, uh, Sean. If you were curious, is the division of the Togesake Corporation. Yes, and uh, he offers to buy uh, the the contract for so- for uh, her. I got a question about that. Yeah? Is that a jab at Sony? Probably, like, right? Because so- Sony's the only Japanese company I could think that would own a record label. Yeah, I, I can only, that's the only thing I can think. That or it's just sort of like a, a gag in general, the fact that it's like, oh, here's this very southern, you know, like, you know, uh, a record like, label that's really owned by the Japanese. You know, I don't know. That's the only thing I can think of otherwise. But it probably is in reference to Sony. Yeah, but at this time, I wouldn't even think Southern for Rebel Yell. I would think Billy Idol and think more punk. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's a very weird joke. I mean, I don't know how much... Because, like, you know, usually there are more references to, like, actual artists and stuff. And in this episode, there's not a lot of references to, like, actual Southern country music. No, there's no country real music. country music things. Yeah, so maybe the, the writers just didn't know country music very well. That could be. I don't know. Uh, but, uh, you know, Homer tells the guy, he's like, and you know, they don't call me Colonel Homer because I'm some dumbass army guy. I love that line. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, in the dressing room, uh, the, uh, uh, you know, Lurleen is, is in there. Homer comes in and, you know, she says that the fiberglass hay was itchy and Homer asks if there's anything that she needs. And she then locks the door like with three oh, different three locks. Three different locks. And Lurleen is thirsty. Yeah, she is. And she kisses Homer. She tells him she can make this night complete. She wants to bang him in the dressing room. Well, who doesn't? Bang Homer in the dressing room? Well, it's funny you mention that because there's probably a few people who don't want to. Homer's romantic life flashes by, <laughs> and it's as sad as mine is. He uh, uh, plays spin the bottle as a kid and uh, grosses out a girl and gets slapped. Uh, he buys dinner for this woman in high school, and she's just like, thanks for dinner, and like peels out, and he can't kiss her. And then uh, he goes to a kissing booth, and she's like, gross, slaps him. And then he's like, can I have my dollar back? And she hits him again. Poor Homer. I do feel bad. That's pretty That's pretty rough. Also, kissing booths were real. I don't know that they're really around that much anymore, but they're at, like, carnivals, and they're usually for, like, donations and stuff. Like, they go to good, you know, supposedly worthy causes. 
That's weird. Yeah, isn't it? That's super weird. <laughs> right? Uh, but in his flashbacks, Mar- or Homer thinks of Marge, who tells him that she'll love him forever. And Homer kind of kisses her a little bit more until the guilt kind of sets in. And uh, Homer then tells her that he can't leave his wife. You know? Yeah. And I, uh, I mean, you know, it, it took a few kisses for him to 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 kind of like back off and realize kind of the the mistake he was making. But uh, Homer then opens the door, which wasn't locked. He magically unlocked it. <laughs> he used the uh, there a knock spell in D anD D. He just you know the door just you know slant flies open. I think Homer's a wizard, something like that. I uh, but I. Uh, you know, Homer pops back in and he wants to confirm, which I think is one of the like sleaziest things in this episode is Homer asks her, you'd have gone all the way, right? Like, just so I'm not wondering. And she's like, oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he goes, oh, and then he leaves, which is kind of scummy. It's kind of scummy. But after his romantic life flashed before his eyes, it's kind of reassuring to him. That's fair. I mean, I'm not going to say that I wouldn't also wonder about that if I made the oh, same yeah. mistake, you know, but I probably wouldn't have popped my head and it was like, yeah, you, you'd have, you'd have, you know, gone all the way, right? <laughs> That's kind of trashy. But Homer finds the guy from Rebel Yell Records, a division of so- Togasake Corporation, and uh, because we know he's a giant idiot, admits that he's willing to to take the first deal he's offered. And he's the guy goes desperate, and he's willing to take the first deal he's offered. <laughs> and he goes, "I'll give you fifty dollars." And he's like, "You son of a!" He's like, "All right, deal." And the guy has a giant smirk on his face. And uh, as the the special starts, and Marge is watching it, sad at home, the door opens up. And Homer asks if there's room in that bed for a dad burn fool. And Marge says, there always has been. And uh, Lurleen sings a new song she just came up with. Yeah, she does. That basically admits that she kissed Homer and Homer pulled away and Marge is, you know, super lucky. Stand by your manager. Stand by your manager. Which I think having a song written about how great your significant other is, is on the level of lovemaking trophies. That's pretty good achievement right there. It's a pretty great achievement, and all it cost the Simpsons family was Homer's infidelity and their life savings. I want a lovemaking trophy. And And I want my life savings back, Sean, but we don't both get to be happy. happy. Because I was going after that (laughs) Southern Belle. So, Sean, what is the lasting impact for you? Because for me, it's, it's Homer's first infidelity, infidelity episode. It's, yeah. it's, I mean, you know, Homer's been a scumbag to women. Homer's been not great to Marge, for sure. But this is true emotional cheating from Homer. You know, whether he realized it or not, he was getting emotional he feelings he done it. from Lurleen. He should have done it. I'm, 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 I'm going to sound like a scumbag, but he should have done it. She's perfect. Listen, just because if Marge left Homer, she'd become president of the United There's States. There's two perfect <laughs> women in this show, and she's one of them, and Jessica Lovejoy's the other. Something about Southern Bells and bad girls. <sighs> You're a lost cause, Sean. You're a lost cause. 
Everyone knows. You sound just like my mother. I I was going to make a a really, really taboo joke about how I think Lickspittle County is in, in Shelbyville because, you know... I feel like I should be going after my cousin and <laughs> stuff like that. But I thought, ah, better not. We'll just we'll just tone that one down. So, Sean, what is your favorite quote from today's episode? Oh, Homer, you're as smart as you are, handsome. Hey! Oh, you meant that as a compliment. <laughs> Mine is the guy in the record uh, uh, studio, a recording studio, he goes, this studio has a lot of history. Buddy Holly stood on this spot in 1958 and said, there's no way in hell that I'm going to record in this dump. <laughs> <laughs>